Anyway, it's not medical advice, not a therapist, not a psychiatrist, not a nutritionist, just a mentally ill girl. And welcome back to the Hard Feelings Podcast. This is, of course, my mental health podcast where I talk about things like anxiety and depression, aka hard feelings. And today has the potential to be my most unhinged podcast episode yet. Why? Because I have no notes. Because today I want to talk to you about how necessary rest is when you're doing self-work, when you're talking about hard feelings in your day-to-day life, or even if you're just listening to a silly girl make a podcast about it, you still deserve rest because this shit is hard, dude. It's hard to constantly be evaluating yourself, especially when you're, you know, you're trying to grow like I am. I'm doing scary things, pushing myself to do things that I've never done before. For those of you who listened to last week's episode, you may remember that I got invited to speak on a panel for the first time ever. Um, and yeah, that happened last night. It went great. It went really well. I feel like I blacked out and don't really remember how I did, so I'm enjoying watching the videos of it, but I got a lot of great feedback from people saying that I did a good job and I spoke eloquently, I guess you could say. My word's not theirs. yeah, it went really well. And now today is kind of like my recovery day from that. And I almost wasn't even going to film a podcast episode today. I always film the day before. That's, that's the chaos of being a Sagittarius moon and probably being ADHD too. I just, I, you know what? No, we're not going to blame it on external forces because that is what makes this podcast fun. It is literally my thoughts coming out. Sometimes I take notes before, sometimes days like today, I don't. And I'm just going to rant and ramble and I hope that if you live for that kind of chaos, you are excited for this episode because we're talking about rest today. We're talking about taking recovery time after you do things that push your boundaries, push your comfort zone. I shouldn't say not your boundaries, things that push your comfort zone, like that panel I did yesterday, like I said, went very well, but took a lot of energy out of me. As someone with pretty severe social anxiety, I went to two events yesterday. I did that panel, which was last night, um, and then earlier in the day, I got invited to an influencer event that I went to that was went really great, but that was just like two social outings in one day. I went to Manhattan twice yesterday, you guys. Oh my gosh, I was like, look at me, she's a city slicker. Um, I live in Queens, for those of you who don't know. I live like 15 minutes from Manhattan. The train is literally right outside of my apartment, but um, it's it's different vibes. You know, it's a little quieter out here in my cute little Queens neighborhood. Manhattan's very bustling. It's the city that never sleeps. Queens sleeps. But yeah, so that took a lot of energy out of me, you know, having to do the travel, having the nervousness of talking to people, and then having the nervousness of having to speak on a panel took a lot of emotional energy out of me. And also being a very anxious person, naturally I got up crazy early yesterday because I knew I had these two things to do and I wanted to have time to wake up and to acclimate myself and still do my morning routine and everything. So I had a very long day yesterday. And yeah, now today is kind of my recovery day. You know, I have the absolute privilege of working for myself and being able to do that, but I kind of wanted to bring you into how I decompress after an event like this, because it might seem silly, it might seem excessive, and maybe for some of you, you don't feel the need to do this, and I love that for you. I love that 
some people can just do something that scares them and then it's over and they feel great and they don't have any sort of unpacking to do. That's that's not how my body reacts though. You know, I was telling my therapist this yesterday. Thank God I have therapy on Wednesdays and the events I get invited to always tend to be on Wednesdays because my therapist is holding me down. But anyway, yeah, so I was telling my therapist yesterday about how whenever I face my fears or do an event like this, something that scares me and pushes me out of my comfort zone and, you know, pushes my social anxiety a little bit, I feel this euphoric high afterwards, like walking out of an event that I was absolutely shaking in my boots to go to, dude. Like, I walk outside and I'm like high-fiving a thousand angels. I am just like so amped up. I'm like, I could take on the world. It takes me hours to be able to settle down and go to sleep. Like I said, I got up crazy early yesterday because I wanted to have time to get ready for both of my events and one of them was in the morning and I still didn't go to bed till like 12.30 even though I was exhausted but it's because I was so keyed up after my second event ended. It ended at 9 but it's just you get so keyed up afterwards and so for me after that euphoric high comes kind of like a crash and I don't mean that in like a depression way like I have like an oh like now what now that thing I've been looking forward to is over because honestly the full timeline of me being nervous for that event and doing the panel at that event was one week. But so when I'm talking about the crash, it's more like an energy crash, right? Because I'm exerting all of this energy. Anxiety takes up a lot of freaking energy. And if we can acknowledge that, I feel like as anxious people will give ourselves breaks more because anxiety takes up so much energy. It's exhausting to exist in an anxious brain all of the time. Ugh. Somebody told me once that your brain needs like an entire loaf of bread's worth of calories and carbohydrates to function every day because of how fast it's moving and just like how much energy it's using. And I don't even care to verify that fact because it sounds correct to me and I choose to believe it because my brain is really working overtime. And I also, side note, find that having protein in the morning helps get my brain going more. I haven't done that in a couple weeks and I am noticing protein shakes in the morning. It's a good little mental health hack for you. I'm not, I don't mean from like a dietary perspective, like, oh, replace your breakfast with a protein shake, but just like add protein into your breakfast, you know, just have a couple eggs in the morning, have something with protein in it. Wakes up your brain more, dude. At least mine. Anyways, not medical advice, not a therapist, not a psychiatrist, not a nutritionist, just a mentally ill girl. What was I talking about? Ah, I told you it was gonna be rambly. I hope you're strapped in. Are you holding on to your, your roller coaster bars, dude? Because we're, we're going backwards at this juncture. What was I talking about? I remembered. Okay, so we were talking about how I need to decompress after the event that I was scared to go to. So, you know, life cycle of an anxiety spiral. Find out about the thing, have to come to the decision to even go to the thing, so get through a whole spiral, that's a whole separate thing in itself. Then getting ready for the thing, anxious, anxious, build up, anticipation, anxiety, 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 getting to the thing, blacking out while the thing is happening, or at least not remembering stuff afterwards because it was so stressful leading up to it and then it happened, and then having that euphoric high afterwards of, oh my gosh, it's over and I think it went well, that's great. And then the next day, having the crash, 
of energy just all catch up to you. It takes a lot of energy to worry all day <laughs> and then to just like go out and do things too. Like, like I was saying before, anxiety takes a lot of energy and so I expended a ton of energy yesterday and also something I do, which I know this isn't good if you have any tips on how to eat when you're anxious, please give them to me because I just have no appetite when I'm anxious. Like I knew I needed to eat yesterday and I did eat like half a sandwich before I left for the event, but it was just like, I was not nourishing my body the way it needed to be nourished for the amount of energy I was exerting. So that probably would have helped me too going into today, but I didn't. So today it's just like a big energy crash for me. What I'm tempted to do is sit here and go over every single word I said yesterday and examine all of the situations situations where I could have said things differently. Uh, <laughs> trying really hard not to do that, trying to just focus on the positive feedback that I got and how I felt afterwards, which was good. But today I'm just really trying to give myself a chance for rest. I'm trying to focus on the positive aspects because the thing is every time you do something that scares you that directly proves your anxiety to be wrong that is so powerful and we have to go like out of our ways to purposefully save that information my therapist explained this to me so well one time where i was telling her like how come every time one bad thing happens out of the one million good things that happened to me the bad thing feels so much bigger and feels like it could happen at any moment. You know, for example, like me going outside for a walk and getting catcalled by a creepy man has happened to me like one out of every one million times, but it still feels like this looming threat to me. And she explained that that's because our brains are in survival mode. So when something like that happens that feels like a threat to your safety, your brain is going to file save that and it's going to put it right front and center, dude. It's saving it on the desktop. So every time you open your computer, you have to see it right there. Versus when something really positive happens, when in a similar scary situation, your brain doesn't feel the need to save those because it feels like that doesn't keep you safe. You know, it's a, it's a joyous thing. It's a nice thing, but it doesn't really have anything to do with your safety. So it just doesn't feel as important to your brain. So like I said, that's why every time you overcome your anxiety, improve the anxious voices in the back of your head to be wrong. Oh, we gotta really try to savor those, dude. I find that journaling about them helps. That's why all of this year, actually, really proud of myself. I did my December one last week, but every month of this year, on the first of the month or the day before, whatever, you can do your December wins and January intentions. So that will be my next month. But this month I wrote down my November wins and December intentions. And wins can be anything big or small. For December, I'll be writing that I was on my first panel ever, and that is a big win. But I'll also be writing down things like, like cooking for myself more. Like it, they don't need to be huge accomplishments or anything. But I bring this all up to say whenever you overcome an anxiety, prove an anxious voice to be wrong, I say you write that down, dude. You gotta prove it to yourself. I mean, it's a proven scientific fact that writing things down helps you retain information. That's why a big study tool that a lot of teachers I know gave me growing up was to like rewrite your notes out multiple times because it would help you retain the information. I never did that, but I do buy that it's true. I shouldn't say I never did that. I liked making flashcards. I felt that the making of the flashcards was like even better than the actual using the flashcards for me because just like writing 
writing it down multiple times helps you retain information. So I think journaling about these experiences is really helpful. Like I said, it can be bullet points. I know that journaling is intimidating for a lot of people because it was for me for a long time. I used to have a really all or nothing mindset view of journaling where I could either sit down and write eight pages in my journal or not journal for years at a time. Like I just didn't feel like I could ever write something quick and now I have the opposite view of journaling. If I just have a thought that I think is good, I just write it in my journal. I like to write the date next to it just so I know when things are happening. Love context. Um, but yeah, if you just wanna make a quick bullet point notes once a month of all of your anxiety wins, times that you overcame anxiety, don't feel shitty if it's not a long list either. Because like I said, don't, view it as only big things. So that panel I did last night, that's huge for me. I'm gonna be celebrating that for years to come. <laughs> I hope I do more. I hope I do more now. And it's also given me the confidence to go after more opportunities like that. But like I said, anxiety wins can be big or small. So the panel is a really big one for me, but some smaller anxieties I've overcome over the last month is going into this cute little store in my neighborhood. My neighborhood opened this like new gift store and my boyfriend and I went once together and I really wanted to go the following weekend, but he had to work. Um, and I went in by myself, which for me, some Sometimes going into a crowded store by myself can be anxiety inducing and it's not something I, I do a lot. So that was a big anxiety win for me too, you know, so they can be things big or small dude, they don't have to be big things. It can be taking a couple of mental health walks that month. That can be an accomplishment for you. But you know, that's what helps me to decompress after these situations where I overcome an anxiety and then have that energy crash is to remind myself like, this was a win. This was an absolute win. I proved my anxiety wrong. My anxiety told me that I would go to this panel and sound really stupid and the audience would have zero reaction to me and I would be sweaty and I would <laughs> just like look stupid. Like I hate to say it like that, but that is literally what my brain was telling me. It was telling me you are not going to look respectable next to these other knowledgeable panelists. You are going to look like a fool. You are going to stand out in a bad way. That is all what my brain told me and none of those things happened. It went very well and I didn't sound stupid. From the clips I've rewatched of myself, it doesn't seem like I sounded stupid and not to brag, but I got a few laughs. <laughs> if anyone that attended that panel is listening to my podcast because Aomi, who was running the panel, very graciously mentioned my podcast. Hi, I told you I was anxious. <laughs> I did when I was talking on the panel last night. I said I had an opportunity to talk about mental health and creator burnout. And so I mentioned that I had severe social anxiety. And I said, I hope that you can't tell from looking at me, but I am incredibly anxious right now. I also spoke with the fellow panelist after um, the event last night and we were both talking about our anxiety and she mentioned her anxiety is just this constant thing always going, like how she's never not anxious and it's just something that's always anxious to a degree and just kind of varies a little bit. And I was like, dude, yes, that is such a good way to describe the type of anxiety that I have too. Like it feels like it just, never goes away. And I, I've talked to people before who say like, oh, you know, I think everyone's anxious. I don't think anxiety is a thing. I think that's just being a person. 
But my argument to that would be, yes, everyone experiences anxiety, but for most people that anxiety has to do with something very specific, you know, anxiety before a doctor's appointment, anxiety before having to give a public speech, like anxiety preceding an event and then being done after the event. But like my friend was saying last night, for us it's like our anxiety is just always there. And of course certain events and situations will trigger it more, but it never goes away. Even right now I'm a little antsy. Dude, I'm having fun, I'm talking to you, but I'm still sitting here with my with my white knuckles over here because that's just kind of how I sit generally because I just kind of always have this little sense of unsureness about the future and it makes me anxious. So that's living with anxiety. And if you have that, you're not imagining it. You're not, that's, everybody doesn't, I promise you not everybody goes through that because I've, I've talked to people who aren't constant, who don't constantly have this sort of buzzing in the back of their head that is anxiety that just like goes up and down back to the normal level and then up and up in certain situations and makes it shoot up really high and then crash down because you used all your energy. But you know what? There's ways to cope. There's things to do. Like I said, journaling about it is so freaking helpful. Doing something to relax. I've been listening to my audiobooks today. You guys know I talked about those a few weeks ago. I'm still on the Akatar series. I'm on A Court of Silver Flames. I think that's that's what this one's called. It's the fifth book. Um, it's, oh, it's wild so far. Oh my gosh, I know you didn't come to this podcast to hear about it, but I won't give any spoilers, but yeah, okay. I won't give it, I won't give any spoilers and I won't give any spoilers, but it's really good. So that's been helping me to decompress. Um, I went for a walk this morning. That was really helpful to help me decompress. Nourishing my body, eating a meal is good. <laughs> getting that protein. Yeah, that's pretty much all I've done today. I did a makeup look to decompress. That was fun. Um, I did a very creative one. That is a way that I like to decompress a lot. For those of you, I know a lot of you have probably found me through my makeup content, which is awesome. And that's something I've said before too, is that sitting down and doing a makeup look with no plan whatsoever is such a stress reliever for me. Because when you sit down and you have a particular look you're going for in mind, you know, that can still be relaxing for some people. But for me, I tend to put more pressure on myself if I'm trying to recreate someone's look. Or if I have like a very particular vision in mind, it just feels like I'm working towards this thing that I'm trying to perfectly execute. Whereas when I just sit down and grab a couple fun color eyeliners and just go to town and go with the flow, that's relaxing because I don't know what that end result is gonna look like and I just kind of figure it out on the way through a black lip on feeling very grunge today in my feelings it is the hard feelings podcast after all so I'm gonna give you a hard lip for those of you not watching I'm giving rock and roll hands um and I have these cool earrings on too for those of you who aren't watching I'll describe they kind of look like ninja throwing stars I think um, they're very shiny. They're from Shop Kike and they're really cute. I, I should probably wrap up the video now. What's left for me to do? Oh, my mental health coping mechanism for the week. I feel like I already gave you a few. It's the journaling, writing down your monthly wins and intentions. Even if you're not going to journal any other time during the month, that's a great way to start. Writing down 
wins from the previous month can be big or small, intentions for the following month. I can give you a couple examples of intentions if you want. Sometimes my intentions are to do things like try new restaurants, go on a solo date, reach out to someone I haven't talked to in a while. Like they can be big or small things, but they're things that I want to challenge myself to do to overcome some anxiety. So yeah, I recommend doing that. That's my mental health coping mechanism of the week. The mental health bop of the week is is Northern Attitude by Noah Khan featuring Hosier. Not the original version, although the version with just Noah is also lovely, but the version with Hosier is freaking uh, heavenly, unreal, will have you feeling like that gif of the Lorax that's ascending. It is just, when he does the hay, I don't have words. You just have to go listen to it. Um, Noah Khan writes some of the most beautiful lyrics I've ever heard in my entire life, and Hozier was just such a perfect feature on this song. Like, even he himself made a TikTok, Noah Khan made a TikTok saying that he no longer wanted anyone to stream the regular version of Northern Attitude, only the version featuring Hozier, as it always ought to be. And I was like, yeah, I get it, because it is just such a beautiful version. Their voices together? Those boys? Those boys sound lovely together. You, you ought to go check it out. As always, I will link it down below. Also, if you're interested in any of the makeup I'm wearing today, I will put all the products down below for you. Follow me on Instagram if you want to see more makeup stuff. Rate subscribe, do all the things, you know the things to do. If you're listening and you're not subscribed or following or whatever you do on various platforms, if you could take a moment to do so, I'd be so grateful. That would be lovely. That's very helpful to me. So thank you in advance. <laughs> Getting very formal at the end of the episode today, but that's all for this week's episode of Hard Feelings. Car horns are going off outside. Everyone's excited for next week's episode, which of course I will think of a week from today. So I thank you guys so much for listening to the Hard Feelings Podcast. See you next Friday with a new app. Bye. Take care of yourself. <laughs>